Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. It marks too. Oh, yeah. Jordan Love, the debut. Did it hurt? Did it scar? Did it wound? I thought it was... Eh? I wouldn't give it a bad. I'd give it a... Eh? Robert, you gave it what out of a 10? I said his performance was okay, and I gave him a 4 out of 10. That's a failing grade, though, Rowdy. We don't grade... Like the standardized testing. Okay. We, are we not on a bell curve or are we? My okays are four <laughs> to six. <laughs> I give Jordan Love. I give him a D. A D. I'd, I'd put about that, a six out of ten. Six, six out of ten? So that's. Are you on the same grade scale? We are? Because that's like, a D then, RJ. I, I think. Like, he didn't look rattled. But when you're having nine. Pressures coming on you, like yeah. they, at, we have a sack once, but t- yeah, at some point in time in the third quarter, I think they dropped the stat of he's been rushed or they've blitzed seventeen times. Yeah, oh yeah, they're blitzing. The offensive line stunk. The special teams, you get the you. you get the whatever the opposite of a gold star in the fridge of the day is. You get the you go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. Special teams, you get That's like you the, get no no bread no you get no supper no dessert you go straight to bed. When your parents are like, oh, this looks great, we'll hang it on the fridge, and then the next day you, you realize find it's garbage. not there. It's in the garbage. That would be yeah. at uh, Kigan's Elementary School. Those would be called yellow slips. Oh, <laughs> ooh, probably rowdy. don't do that anymore because they don't probably want to offend anyone. No, no, no. I had a few back in the day. Uh, but rowdy, we're we're called over the line here. So I'm gonna say Mo Drayton and your special teams. You go sit in the corner, think about what you've done. And here's your yellow. Slip. Here's your yellow slip. You will not be getting any dinner tonight, and definitely no dessert. Do not pass go. And the Do artwork that I hung on the fridge of you, I have crumpled it up and thrown it in the garbage, just like <laughs> your special teams unit. It is trash. But if there was any guy that was on like the universal um, yellow slip system. It was Shoemaker. He was the king of them. He never got off the field. All right, so uh, the Packers special team stunk. Jordan Love, though, he looked he looked a little a little awestruck. Not awestruck. He looked a little shell. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Shell-stocked? He looked not confident at first. He no, def- he looked Jordan. He Love looked in the better first in the third half. quarter. Jordan Love in the first half literally looked scared. Yeah, out there. scared. There he was go. a deer in the headlights. He looked scared. He did. He yeah. got better as the game wouldn't, progressed. Wouldn't you have been when you saw all those people coming at you? Or knowing like that... not even being stopped? How about this? Knowing that your mother is there, but she's all... The, you can't even see her. Did you see where yeah. they stuck Jordan Love's mom 
and his girlfriend. <laughs> they were literally yeah. in the last row of yeah. Arrowhead Stadium. Maybe that's where mom wanted to be. Well, Jordan Love was asked about it after the game. He's like, yeah, that's, that's away games, man. That's away games. She literally was in the last row you could be on in, in Arrowhead yeah. Stadium. Rowdy, she needed binoculars. She probably needed a telescope just to see her son play. <laughs> and <laughs> well, she didn't miss anything in the first half. No, she didn't miss anything. Um, the third quarter is when he started to really come into his own a little bit. Once they got him in Rowdy, you were talking about this in shotgun. Yeah, well, I mean, at Utah State, they ran a lot of shotgun. It was a little bit more of a spread offense than what you would particularly think an NFL pro-style offense would look like. And he did look more comfortable throwing out of the shotgun, especially when he really wasn't going back. There was no play action. It was just a straight drop back. That was when he looked the best. Because there were a couple throws where Jordan Love made, like, say, running to his right, throwing the ball a little bit, you know, back over the middle of the field, Mm -hmm. where you could say, that's what they saw in him yeah, because of how strong his arm was. But, I mean, it's the same thing with Jordan Love. There were times when he's throwing some of those outs where he was really accurate. Yeah. Then there were times where he was throwing, we'll Ooh. say, like a, a slant or and a post, was, for for example. He wasn't as accurate. No. But that was kind of like... Look, he was drinking Ice House. He was seeing double. That was kind of like his profile coming out of college. Huge arm, a kid that's willing to work, and pretty high um, IQ-wise. And then at the same time, it's... He's just inaccurate, and he makes some bad decisions with the football. I didn't think he made any terrible decisions with the football. I know he did throw an interception, but that was kind of like a 50-50 ball that the the defender made a play on. I thought overall the biggest biggest concern for me was confidence and accuracy at times. And LaFleur definitely had the uh, training wheels on. LaFleur would... There was a point in the game where Jordan Love wanted to keep going, and the floor was like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. You need to come. I'm calling a timeout. You need to come over to the sidelines and talk to me face-to-face. They were even talking about it. They're like, well, we went to break, and Jordan Love was just staying in the huddle. And the floor's like, kept calling him over. He was like, get your ass over here. The floor's like, get get over here. here. Get over here. here Get over here. It's like you scorpion. Finish him. All right, so, yeah, Jordan Love. It wasn't as bad as previous backup quarterbacks for the Packers, and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Um, Who's this? Charlie, stop calling. Um, we'll wait a second. All right, so boys, when it comes to when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and backup quarterbacks, where Love's performance stacks up in the past umpteen years isn't one of the worst. Definitely not one of the best. I don't. Well, maybe. I don't know. Could be. Matt Flynn's up there for the best. I, Matt Flynn. That's true. Matt Flynn is the best back. But we'll just go Aaron Rodgers era. Matt Flynn is number one. <laughs> the best. The best. Yes. Outside of that, though, I don't know if I'm going to take anyone else over what Jordan Love did last night. Deshaun Kaiser, you have to throw Deshaun out because Kaiser, he literally absolutely not. He literally handed the ball to Khalil Mack, and then the next play threw he it. He was to a him. walking turnover. Statistically, not Seneca really. Wallace tore Sen- his groin in like the his second ha- play. Yeah, his hamstring ah. couldn't even last a quarter. Um, Brett Hundley. I mean, I'm, I'll just play you one thing that Brett Hundley said after his debut. You know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that. And that debut where they played the Saints, that was way, way worse than what Jordan Love did. I was embarrassed so bad. I was embarrassed just to have the TV on when I was watching Brett Hundley. (laughs) I was embarrassed for whoever made my TV that allowed me to watch it. I'm like, this is tough. And let's not forget that uh, 
Brett Hudley had been in that system playing in preseason for three seasons. This is Jordan Love's second year. He didn't have a normal lead-up to his draft. He didn't have a preseason year one. They didn't have a normal, you know, camp. Yeah. All because of COVID his first year. Yeah. Second year, those type of practices were shortened. There were less preseason games. Plus, he got dinged up in year two, or preseason year two. Hudley had three full years oh, when he terrible. made that start. He's terrible. <laughs> he. I would still probably take him over Three Hudley just years. just for the ceiling alone. And then Scott told Did you just Zane, listen to that question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hudley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. Okay. There you go, Roddy. That's Scott, for you. Scott Tolzien, he's better than Scott Tolzien, just basically off of just his arm talent alone. And I guess we're going to bring up Joe Callahan. Sure, he's way better than him. <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about Jordan Love. I mean, for Packers backup quarterbacks, he is he's up there for a good, like a good performance. And that's not saying much. No, if, I mean, if it wasn't pretty at all, but his very first start being in Arrowhead, obviously a loud crowd versus okay, a, a Kansas City Chiefs team that has been to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. Versus Patrick Mahomes, like I said, first ever start. He he's had all the weird COVID stuff, but the fact that here's some differences though, Rowdy. He they still could have won the football game. Oh, they totally could have. Here's some differences though. The Packers traded up to get Jordan Love. He's a first round pick. The other guys we're talking about are never going to be confused. With now first that's round not picks. on Jordan Love though. That's yeah. on that's on that's talent evaluators. That's, that's, that's on true. scouts. That's on GM. All right, we got phone lines blowing up here. Uh, loaded uh, line, uh, line one, two. Who's this? <laughs> I got enough The wizard. What's up, dude? Let's see. 19 pressures, RJ. It's called screen game. That takes care of 19 pressures. No, it doesn't because they yeah, were covering it. I'm going to be sorry to say this, but did you watch the game? It, it doesn't matter because all I heard Wayne Larry yesterday, one high, zero, zero safeties high, zero safeties low. Nobody in the middle of the field. Dave, I saw you stirring it up on the the Twitter sphere talking about how Jordan Love, how Jordan Love couldn't couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I know it's tough for you, Arjun. Understand that. Sure. Number two, yeah. Number two. Which uh, which kind of screens are you talking about? You got middle screens. The middle of the field is wide open all day. All I heard Wayne Larry being middle screens, running back screens, tight end screens, wide wide receiver screens, (laughs) slip screens. It's like Wide you got left. all kinds of shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah. Bubba, shrimp. You know, you're no, with a bubble gum screen, screen restaurant here. You ever seen Forrest All we heard yesterday was wide left, wide right, too low, too high. Oh, what's your number two, Dave? Jordan Love was a god. There wasn't one, one quality that – are you kidding me, Nelson? You gave him a four? And as far as the crowd noise, what? A, a quiet crowd would have made a difference? That team stunk. And if I got to hear Matt LaFleur say it's on me, it's on me. Yeah, he did they, say that. They were horrible. I'll, I'll agree with you, Dave, though. Jordan Love did not look very good. He did have some success in the third quarter, but outside of that, it was pretty. It was, it was tough to watch. But as far as uh, game planning, all we heard all day was zero, zero safeties high, middle of the field wide open. This genius of an offensive coordinator, did he take advantage of that? And by the way, of course, Dallas, you're going to be on, on pass when you do three, four-yard passes. Why not? You're going to be accurate. You and I could complete a three-yard pass. And be Dave, accurate. how about the Packers' defense, though? That was pretty yeah. nice. It, it, well, it sucked because we needed him to show up in the last five minutes. But still, you're right, special teams. I mean, my God, I mean, missing two field goals. But how many chances can you give Jordan Love 
team or Matt LaFleur to get lucky. You, you, you see very little screen game to take take care of the way they're pressured. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just sat here and it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, we and got by some the way, things, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, Let's put the blame where it actually belongs, 100%. Aaron Rodgers lied to the fans, <laughs> lied to his teammates. He lied to himself. He well, lied Dave, to how did he lie to his teammates when him when their teammates in the NFL knew the entire time that he, he wasn't vaccinated? He lied to them because of the fact that they, 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 they knew got, the entire time. No, no, hang on. His teammates are so afraid of him and so, so afraid to make him accountable. First of all, he had a Halloween party Friday night. He knew he was unvaccinated. People, let's put the blame where it belongs. He put that Packer team in that situation. And to be forced to use Jordan Love, and we should have, I'll leave you with this, we should have all known when they asked him, quote, hey, Matt, is Jordan Love ready? Quote, well, we'll see. That should have been the red Well, Dave, flag. I take it Roger's not going to invite you to the next uh, Halloween party. Well, Nelson, well, Nelson finally gets his way. An unvaxxed player costs our team a game at potential home field in January. If the playoffs started today, the Packers would be a two seed. That's tired. The wire dig is now Aaron Rodgers cost us the one seed. That's right. They, How do you feel, Nelson? <laughs> have, a, have a guy. Hey, last time last time they had home field advantage, how did that end up in the NFC championship game? The fact, the fact that you, you still want it. You still want to have L.A. and Tampa coming here? If, hey, Dave, not, did you, Dave, aren't you the same guy that says, "Well, if the playoffs started today, is such a stupid thing to say"? Baseball is going to be the, <laughs> okay. One so yeah, that's a, that's a yes. What, yes, yeah, it is. Okay, one so then why are you saying this take then? Because one if the playoffs started today, that's no. stupid. But Aaron Rodgers cost them the one seed. It's well, halfway through the who season. Who was the quarterback? The Rams what, what, lost. The Cowboys why was he lost. Playing? Why was why was Love playing? Because Rogers just the whole team and everybody's afraid of him. <laughs> All right, see how come no one was this pissed right, off when Devontae Adams got COVID? Yeah, or or yeah, or, or Joe Barry. Who has the ball in her hand ninety percent of the time? You're deflecting. Devontae nice Adams. Job, <laughs> All right, see you, Dave. See you, buddy. Literally, uh, no one said boo when Devontae Adams Lines got it. COVID. And hey, Devontae Adams was vaccinated. He still got it. Hey, he still didn't play. Nobody even said anything when Lazard did to sit out because yeah. he was unvaccinated. Line. I say Brett Lorenzo Favre, Aaron Charles Rogers. I don't know Jordan Love's middle name. Let's. I usually. I shame on me, Jordan Love. What is Jordan? Here we go, Jordan Alexander Love. There it is, Rowdy. Brett Lorenzo Favre. Aaron Charles Rogers, Jordan Alexander Love. Those are now the uh, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and you keep your fingers crossed that is a third. Right now, a Twitter poll going on at Zone Madison. What was, uh, you know, your your thoughts on the debut of Jordan Love? It was great. I'm sorry, no, it was good, average, bad, or our future is doomed. Average, a stranglehold on the poll, 56% of the vote. 22% going to bad. That's where I voted. Rowdy voted average. 14% our future is doomed and good. Actually getting 8% of the return. Jordan Love, though, I said I'd play some comments from him. He talks about uh, what was the ride like on the team bus headed to Arrowhead for his first NFL start. Yeah, I mean, I felt good uh, this morning coming into it. Um, there wasn't any really nerves there. Um, obviously, once once I hit the field for that first drive, I I was a little nervous. Um, missed my first two throws on the drive, went three and out. Um, so I think after that I was able to settle down a little bit. Um, Jordan Love definitely settled down, but it, it took a while. It took him to the third quarter for him to settle down. Uh, Jordan Love talks 
uh, a little more uh, despite Matt LaFleur, because LaFleur after the game took a lot of blame for the play calling. But Love says he personally could have done better. No, I mean, that's what it comes down to is just making those plays. Um, like I said, I think if we would have been able to hit one of those plays against the all-out, um, we probably wouldn't have seen as much. Um, but yeah, that's all it really takes is just hitting one play, and we didn't do good enough. I didn't do good enough uh, giving the guys a chance to go up and make plays on a couple of them. Um, a couple of go balls that we had, and I just didn't give them a chance. So Now, Rowdy, you know, usually Devontae Adams has got this – an obvious a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. They have the connection, right? Um, this was not really able for them in practice, Jordan Love and Devontae Adams, to get on the same page. Uh, Devontae Adams, who was vaccinated, was uh, had about a COVID. So he didn't get activated, what, till Thursday is when Devontae Adams got activated off the COVID reserve list? They really had no time for Jordan Love and Devontae Adams to get on the same page. And it was evident, especially later on in the game, when Jordan Love tried to do like a sideline pass, and I think LaFleur was under the impression it was a sideline pass as well. It said Devontae was streaking towards the end zone. And it just wasn't on the same yeah. page. Are you talking about the very last drive at the very end there on yeah. fourth down where LaFleur yeah. was running down by the um, referee? Mm-hmm. I think the reason why he was running down by the referee is because it's supposed to be a back shoulder throw. Yeah. And he was going to be saying, hey, look for the interference here. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. That's personally, that's what I think could have been. Because, like, why was he running down there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't to scream at Devontae. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, hey, we're going to throw a back shoulder fade here to Devontae Adams on fourth down. This is our last play. Yeah. Just for all the marbles. He was getting his ass down as fast as possible to tell Start screaming the, at the referee ref. to look for a for a pass because hey, it's coming here. As nice as Matt Lafleur looks, like if you judge a book by a cover, you look at Matt Lafleur like, oh, this guy looks like he's a nice guy. When the refs do something wrong, my God, that Lafleur gets that little scowl on his face and he's ready to start ripping some ass. Jordan Love though talks about just being six of fourteen targeted uh, passes to Devontae Adams. He needs to do more. He says to develop the chemistry. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's something that you know it takes time being able to build that chemistry. Obviously, some him and Aaron have very well. They've been together for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, I, chemistry wasn't there yet, um, but it's something that, you know, I think it was able to progress as the game went on. Um, we were talking through some things and just getting on the same page. I think it progressed as the game went on. And that's going to come with time with Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked like a guy who had his first NFL career start. On the road, in Arrowhead, loud stadium, tough environment. And, you know, you're, there's kind of a sideshow going on with, you know, the media trying to drum everything up and getting your face about stuff. So I get it. At the same time, though, uh, Kansas City, what they blitz, 51% of the time, I think is the stat I saw. Love, Felt like more than that, didn't it? Love only had one, yeah. If Love only had uh, one sack, he was hit seven times. Out of the pocket a lot, he talks on uh, if this is the most he's ever been hit in a football game before. Uh, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's up there. I was uh, scrambling around a little bit trying to extend plays, so I knew that was going to happen. Um, and obviously with the, the all-out pressure, um, you know you're going to take a hit right there if you don't get it out in time. So, uh, Love also talks about waiting that year and a half to play his first game, and he was disappointed. Really disappointed. Um, obviously, you never know when the opportunity is going to come, and I got it today, and not being able to go win that game. And uh, obviously we had a lot of chances on offense. Defense played a really good game, uh, gave us a lot of chances, and – I think that's what's most disappointing is I wasn't able to execute. And uh, as a team, you know, we weren't able to go finish and get some more points on the board early. Um, and it was just too little too late at the end. So it is very disappointing. Uh, one more from Love. He says he's going to watch the tape, though, and obviously improve because that's what you got to do. You got to look at it 
you got to study it, and then you got to get better. I mean, it's, it's only up from here in my eyes. Um, it's, it was really good to get the first game out the way and get a lot of tape and see a lot of different things. I mean, the defense is bringing a lot of different things today. So um, it's a learning moment for me. I get to go back and, and look at it and learn and see what I can do better, see how my feet could be better, where my ball placement could be better, um, and just obviously just learning, seeing what defenses are throwing at me and what they're going to bring. So. All right, Rowdy, uh, Jordan Love was asked, does he feel like he's ready to be a full-time NFL starting quarterback? Do you feel, real quick, do you feel, and I see the phone lines blowing up, one second, do you feel personally, Rowdy, that Jordan Love is ready to be a full-time NFL starting quarterback? After that one game, no. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Here's- and I, th- I think it's it's pretty telling that I think he played, most people probably thought, with all of the conditions and stuff, okay, average. Because you haven't really heard too many people saying trade Jordan Love. You haven't really heard too many people saying cut Jordan Love. Because remember on Friday when I'm like, (laughs) okay, if he plays really, really, really bad, everyone is going to want him traded or cut. I've heard more people saying cut Rodgers than Jordan Love. Yeah, if he played really, really, really good, you were going to hear a lot of people yell trade Rodgers or okay, we have our future. I don't. We didn't hear any of that. So I'm going to say that's how Jordan Love landed in the middle. Yeah, and I think that's where most people have voted, and what most people felt. Yeah, well, hell, you could say he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you look at kind of the stats, but I would take the MVP and Super Bowl winning quarterback in a heartbeat over Jordan Love. But Love was asked if he thinks he's ready to be a full time NFL starting quarterback. Do you feel like you're ready right now to be a full time NFL starting quarterback? Yes, I do. Short and sweet, right there, Rowdy. Yes, I do. But what do you want him to say? No. Then you got to play Blake Bortles if Rogers isn't ready for Sunday. <laughs> this man is uh, machismo flowing through his veins. Our guy Zach Heilprin, sports director. Zach, hey, what's up? Good morning. Uh, well, Rutgers were uh, the Scarlet Knights crying after that ass whooping that Wisconsin gave Oof. them uh, in New Jersey. There. Yikes! That was a complete ass whooping, as you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I think, like we all thought that they were going to cover, but I don't think anybody saw this Wisconsin offense put up 52 points, but. Passing game came alive. The running game was still uh, where it's been the last uh, what month. It was, uh, and, the, and the defense obviously uh, took care of business. Even they got us play from the kicker on special teams. Yeah, they were they were fantastic, dude. What's are we gonna get to see more of Grover Boralati coming fair, up here? Fair. Well, the way that running backs are dropping by the wayside, they may. I know. What's up with Ches Malusi, dude? Yeah, we'll, we'll get probably more information on the tape. I certainly don't think it looked good. Um, was it non-contact, yeah. right? Or was yeah, it? It was non, yeah, it was a non-contact injury. Went into the injury tent, was in there for a long time. Oh, Paul Chris went in there, Grant Mertz went. Like, all these guys are going in there. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's he was able to uh, – he walked himself into the, to the locker room. Um, but, I mean, he, certainly serious injuries you can do that on. I, I guess I'm not holding my uh, breath – for something positive coming out of uh, whatever we hear today. Okay, um, this is going to so, sound weird. Perhaps. This is going to sound weird, but the mm. more people that seem like they transfer or get kicked off the team or sadly get hurt, I feel like the better the Badgers continue to do. And I know that's not like long-term sustainable success, <laughs> but what what is what has changed now that they've won five in a row? They've become bowl eligible. Is it just the quality of opponent has gone down, or like what is? Or are they vibing well, yeah. more as Grant Mertz? Like what's going on with the Badgers? Because they're doing pretty good. I think I think a lot of it has to do with that second part where you're stuck talking about the quality of teams that they play. Now again, Iowa was ranked in the top ten. Purdue was a top twenty five team, so they 
They beat both of those teams, one of them on the road, so you can't take this all away from them. But, yeah, Rutgers isn't a very good team. And uh, Illinois, not a very good team. And, obviously, Army is what it is. But they're, they are playing certainly better. I mean, if they had been – I think if they had started out the season with Rutgers and Army and Illinois and Purdue, perhaps, maybe we're looking at the season a little bit differently. Maybe they're in the position that Michigan State was in before this week. Maybe they're in the top mm. ten and everyone's talking about them for the college football playoff, and then they have to start playing their toughest games, and, and maybe things change. But at least, I think if they started out that way, they get they get some continuity. They get some uh, confidence that they just didn't get having to go against the uh, the the, uh, the schedule they did. But they there's no doubt that they're playing better. They are. that That's certainly the case. Like, we we saw Graham Mertz against Illinois. He wasn't great. He wasn't great against Army either. He was great on Saturday, and outside of, one, outside of the uh, – the interception, he was great, and his guys went and made plays for him. That, that's the type of offense, and again, Rutgers, but that's the type of offense I think some people were expecting coming into here. Yeah, I mean, it looked good, dude. And, uh, Zach, we do have a message here from the King. He says, I know what changed for the Badgers. They got grit. It's the grit factory, dude. Wow. Yeah, the grit. The grit yeah. They got grit. They got grit. So but what's up? Grace, yeah? yeah? I was just going to add, you, you mentioned Gorba Borrelotti and everyone you know, kind of joking, but so they don't, they're not allowed to have the Grit Factory hats on the sideline anymore because they're making money off of them now. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're, they're doing this new thing, the Grit, fact, uh, grit Factory Worker of the Week. Um, and uh, it was Grover Bordelotti because Grover yes. Bordelotti wasn't even supposed to be there. Like yes. he, He's the scout team running back. The guy rules. But, but he managed to show them he could be a long snapper. And so oh, the Packers served, might need him. Yeah, and he served as the backup long snapper on Saturday. It's the only reason he was actually on the travel squad, and then obviously, they, yeah. So that's the only reason he was even there. And they get to go out there, and he runs for forty-eight yards on five carries. It was all, that's a it's an awesome story. But okay, go ahead. You're, you're asked about somebody else. Well, no, I, I love the uh, the positivity there of uh, of Bordelotti. I, I love it. He could be this next like cult hero. Uh, Zach, <laughs> real quick. How many players got injured, uh, you know, against Rutgers for the Badgers? And like, do you have any updates on any of them at all? Yeah, so the obviously we'll get more information on Ches Malusi today. Jack Nelson, I still don't know what happened there, and no cameras caught it. I'm sure that the the coaching staff has the coaching film, and, and they'll see what happened. But talking to Joe Tipman after the game, the center, and he looked. So he was talking to Nelson after the play, talking, looking. Then he looked back at Graham Mertz to see if he had gotten up because he got knocked down on the play, and he looked back. And Joe Nelson, uh, Jack Nelson was face down Oof. in the turf. That's not good. So, yeah, no, never a positive. But he was actually able to be on the sideline after the game. I don't know. We don't. They wouldn't even like. Usually, UW gives you an update on to what the injury actually was. Like they'll say leg or arm or head, and they didn't give any kind of update whatsoever. So, um, I, I think we'll p- perhaps know a little bit more today on that. That that one's serious. I mean, that one's obviously interesting. And then Marcus Allen, the wide receiver, got hurt late too. But. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the chest injury is the big one. He, yeah. He's your leading rusher, and as good as Braylon Allen has been these last five games, yeah, I think the one-two punch of them would be, um, you know, not having the one-two punch of them, not not ideal. Now, Zach, the Badgers have won how many games in a row now? They have won five in a row. And how many times has Braylon Allen rushed for at least 100 yards in a row? He has run for five straight times over 100 yards. Is there something there? <laughs> well, I mean, their ability to run the ball is the thing. But he, his in, introduction into the offense, him playing a big role, uh, certainly coincides with the winning streak. There's, there's no doubt about that. He's averaging. I mean, he's got 612 yards in these in these five games. He's got an, averaging 122 yards a game. He's averaging seven and a half yards per carry. He's been great. The problem is he's not necessarily healthy. You know, he's yeah. he 
he was dealing with uh, what he called body soreness after the game. Hanging out with Ryan I, Braun? Yeah, I think he yeah, he he's paying a little bit too much attention to Ryan Braun, I think, on that in that oh, respect. Oh no, Ryan Braun had, sorry, general soreness, apologies. Oh that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think he's dealing with some lower leg stuff. He got his ankles taped a couple different times on Saturday, so yeah, I mean they're gonna Zach, have to do you, think the, do you think the general body soreness could just be the fact that he's a seventeen year old kid that's still growing? <laughs> I don't know. That's you're you're the one you're the one of us closest to seventeen. Do you remember that? Uh, I actually never had any being, growing, so I never was sore. <laughs> being, being the, being the that's, good, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being the high level athlete that you were, I'm just wondering if you experienced anything that you know Braylon's doing right now. I never had accelerated growth, so I wouldn't know. Okay, right. Yeah, it, maybe, but I, I think he's just taking so many hits, especially low, because that's the only guy who places guys can tackle him. That yeah. uh, you know they're going after his ankles, and then so. He's he's uh, dinged up, but that you know, there's no, but there's not a whole guy, a lot of guys left in that room. But Julius Davis, we got to see a little Julius Davis for the first Hell time, which yeah, is yeah. interesting. A little forced, a former four star recruit, so yeah. they may need, they may need to count on him later going on uh, or going the rest of the season. Him and him and Next man up, uh, Zach. Before I ask you real quick on the Packers, I have to steal a quote from friend of the show, uh, you know, former Badger coach Brett Bielema. Mm. It was borderline erotic. When I saw Illinois take down Minnesota, how about that, dude? Yeah, you can take Brett Bielema to Wisconsin, but Minnesota still can't beat him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was Minnesota's. If if they can't run the ball, they can't move the ball. And I feel like that's kind of the same case for a lot of offenses in the Big Ten. And Illinois was able to stop the run, and Minnesota's Tanner Morgan, who was the Big Ten one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten two years ago, is just not a very good player, and uh, yeah. that. I mean, I, that game, I I thought for a long time that might be Wisconsin's toughest game, but they can't throw the ball, and certainly not going to run the ball against Wisconsin. So, obviously, I think Nebraska, of these final three games, Nebraska is probably the, the toughest task despite them having three wins this year. Well, you know, for um, Minnesota, the boat, right? Row the boat. Mm. The, boat's, Row it. the boat's already, let's say it's the Titanic in this, the boat's already hit the iceberg and it's starting <laughs> to go down. When Wisconsin comes in and to, you know, Minneapolis to play them, it's like when the Titanic is going to break off in half and then sink to the bottom. That's going to be <laughs> Wisconsin putting the final nail in their uh, – and, and things aren't being helped by the fact that there's a whole lot of more money on that boat now after they gave P.J. Fleck an extension last week. Yeah, and did you see in the clause that um, he gets an extra a bonus if he ties for the Big Ten West? <laughs> <You're> so stupid. <laughs> He's such a clown. Uh, yeah. Zach, before I let you go, my friend, Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers. What's your takeaway on Love's debut against the Kansas City Chiefs? There's a lot of bad but I, I don't think it's probably. I think it's probably not smart to make a sweeping generalization on 41 career pass attempts because if we were to do that, Aaron Rodgers would not. I mean, Aaron, Rod- I went back and looked. Jordan Love, 24 for 41, 258 yards, one touchdown, one interception in his, in these two games this year. Rodgers, same 41 uh, throws, 22 for 41, 197 yards, one touchdown, one interception. If we're making generalizations off of 41 throws, there's a big problem. I understand people wanting to do that because Packers are probably going to have to make a decision on on those forty one throws if if Rodgers is able to come back and play yeah. next next week yeah. and that's that's not ideal. But we need um, Rogers. We they, need a lifetime contract for Rodgers. If they play defense like they did on uh, yesterday, they're going to be 
in the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it. I felt like it was kind of like I was watching Wisconsin, not against Rutgers, but kind of like Wisconsin. The defense all of a sudden was just insane, and the quarterback play of Jordan Love was Mertz-esque a little bit. I think I think if you're being fair, the defense has been pretty darn good since that since that opener. They're giving up 321 yards, which is fifth in the, in the NFL, and they're giving up 20 points a game, which is sixth in the NFL. So if you're going to get that type of play from your defense, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers is able to come back and, and be more productive offensively, they haven't been great offensively by any stretch this year. If you go back, I mean, if you look at the numbers, their defense has been actually pretty significantly better than their offense. But if they're able to find something with all these guys coming back, Mark West and, uh, and Adams back and everything like that, if they stay healthy, which obviously has not been something they've been able to do, yeah, they, they have to be. The, I mean, I, I'd make them the favorite to win the to, to win the Super Bowl if they're going to play defense like this. Hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah! I can't. I've never wanted the Packers to win a Super Bowl more. Aaron, I, Rod- I can already see it. Aaron Rodgers, the Super Bowl MVP, is holding Vince Lombardi's trophy, telling the haters to two words: "Suck it!" as he uh, rides the, off into the sunset. Has there any ever been a change in your mind? from hating a player so much to liking a player so much? Well, I went back in 2018. Uh, I was looking at some of my old tweets from 2018, and it was about Rodgers throwing the season and trying to get Mike McCarthy fired and yeah. blah, 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 blah. It turns out I was actually hacked by Russians in 2018. They were the <laughs> ones tweeting that out. It wasn't me. Okay, well, at least, you, at least your tweets. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good explanation. It was, it was actually Russians, and, and I think some Ukrainians were in there, too. Yeah, and if you really follow it, it turns out it was actually Americans. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, I mean, it's... It, if I didn't actually have my my brain and be able to, to remember what we talked about back in 2018, yeah, I, I was I hacked. Can't be, no, I was I hacked. Can't be hacked. I was you hacked. And your brain can't be hacked. No, I so. was hacked. I was the Manchurian okay. candidate then. I was brainwashed. Mm, fantastic. Love it. Zach, and we love you, buddy. All right. So, <laughs> See you, Zach. There is our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Squarely. Uh, certainly for us to be whatever we were, two for 12 on third down, obviously didn't have a good enough plan for some of the zero pressures that they, they brought on us. But I thought our guys battled. I thought Jordan, I, I was really proud of the way he played. He, he hung in there. He was taking hits and delivering the ball. And I thought he did a, a really good job. But I think that ultimately I've got to be better in, in this one falls squarely on me. There he is, head coach Matt LaFleur. We now go live in Kansas City, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Mike, I am, uh, I'm still taking it all in, the sights and the sounds of Jordan Love. I'm trying to forget uh, what special teams did out there on that field, but also trying to remember of how great that defense looked. I have a lot of, uh, I'm in a conundrum with the Packers this morning. How are you? That was Patrick Mahomes, who's been to two Super Bowls, one more than Aaron Rodgers has in just the last couple of years. And uh, it, it's funny. It's one of these games where I'm thinking, man, the folks back home watching this on TV in Wisconsin are like, this is a 13-7 boring game. But for me, it had a lot of juice to it because you just kept on thinking, one of these, someone's going to take a shot here. There's going to be a big play. Actually, I kept waiting for Patrick Mahomes to take a shot, and I'm surprised – he didn't, right? I mean, they the Chiefs' offense does not look like the Chiefs' offense, does it? No, it, and, it looked bad. 
Yeah, and 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 then you see that you know Kenny Clark leave. He only had like 24 snaps in the game. There's a one point where they had T.J. Slayton and Jack Heflin, undrafted rookie. That was their defensive line in crunch time when you know uh, Patrick Mahomes hits Tariq kill for that you know that that play at the very end that pretty much put it away and wasn't going to give the the Packers one more shot. So um, Jordan Love. Uh, stood up there at the press conference after the game, and uh, he said that Aaron Rodgers gave him a phone call before the game. Yeah, I mean, Aaron talked a little bit before, and he was just telling me, you know, just go out there and ball out. Um, he was excited to watch me. Um, said just trust my feet, um, which I think was really good advice um, coming from him. Is there one play that you had tonight and you're facing that pressure? I don't know, maybe a screen or something in front of you that makes you feel good about the next time you can understand um, yeah, I mean, I think the touchdown play we had at the end there, um, you know, that the concept we had is a really good all-out answer, um, and Allen did a really good job on that play and uh, of obviously winning on the route and then doing something spectacular at the end, um, making a guy miss and going to scoring. So uh, I think that one gave me a lot of confidence right there. Was that an all-out blitz? Was that? Was that an all-out blitz? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, we got up and snapped it really quick. Um, they were scrambling around to kind of get set, figure out who they're guarding, but uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Mike, um, ball out. Rodgers told him to ball out. I would say in that one, you know, in the third quarter and that touchdown drive, he did quote-unquote ball out. The rest of that, though, a little left to be desired. Well, what I didn't understand was, um, you know, they get these great running plays from a, from Aaron Jones, from A.J. Dillon. Then they'd be, you know, facing on third down, and they were horrible on third down throughout the whole game, like 12 for 2, and they kept on making him roll out and work the sidelines. Like, he, he threw 14 balls at Devontae Adams, and only six were caught. And they were, you know, Devontae was covered. And, they, and, and you know, the, when they finally get the touchdown, they go to Alan Lazard. They mix it up. They, they never were running plays over the middle. Um, they ran, they tried to run a couple of screens, but I didn't understand. And so, you know, when LaFleur says, you know what, I didn't account for the fact that Steve Spagnuolo was going to blitz four every single down. This is the guy who won that Super Bowl with Michael Strahan and that company uh, that beat Tom Brady in Super Bowl 42, you know, the, the helmet catch game. Um, and so that's, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get why they didn't take any kind of a shot over the middle or run crossing routes or, or whatever. It didn't seem to be very – I know it was high percentage and ball security, and I understand that. But at some point, you know, even though it's a tight ball game, you got to take some different shots. And, and they, never, they never ran any misdirection yeah. uh, as well. So and, – and I guess you can't perhaps when you've got a blitz going on like that. But Darius Sneed, this guy got injured early in the game, uh, defensive back for uh, the Chiefs. I thought he had a huge game because, first of all, he got that one pick when it looked like Devontae might have had a little bit of separation, and instead Jordan Love threw it high and inside, and Steve talked about that interception uh, down the left sideline. Uh, yeah, I knew it was coming because the right receiver was split that close, so I knew it was going to be like a type of rollout, so I tried to make sure I stepped to him and got my head back around. Yeah, Devontae broke up another interception, too, that uh, Jordan Love almost threw, so Devontae had to keep his head on a swivel. And then this guy again, this Ladarius Sneed, who, as I say, came back in the game after being uh, shaken up earlier. There's five minutes left, 
and the Packers are driving. The Packers got into you know the Chiefs' territory three or four times and ended up with missed field goals, blocked field goals, or plays like this where there's Randall Cobb open and he's flipping the ball to him on the third and ten. This will be the touchdown that ties it up. And there's Ladarius Steed with the deflected pass. What did he know about that play? Oh yeah, I knew that was coming too because I read him. I saw the signal he gave me before he gave the receiver before you know the play started. So I knew he was on the inside face. So film study. Film study. It's all about that film study, Mike. Well, and that means you're at some point, you know, you're getting predictable. And Andy Reid uh, gave credit to Snead and that Packers defense or that Chiefs defense for making the difference. Snead's pick, I thought, was. Uh... Was a you know it was a big play for us as we went and um, you know I thought our defense we, we did a nice job against the run game we did a nice job against the pass game pressuring the quarterback um, we didn't hold back guys played hard and aggressive you know you just you have to bear down every week the best you can and find a way to win every week and so and then I just thought our last drive was um, kind of vintage Patrick Kelsey Tyreek you know the guy. Uh, 17 had a uh, McColl had a nice play. Andy Reid sounds a little winded up there, Mike. <laughs> you know, <laughs> still eating. you know, when he was a quarterback coach in Green Bay, he used to sneak him bags of burgers. On. I was going to ask you, there's, he's Green got Bay. like a sandwich in his hand as he up there at the podium. Yeah, no, Judge Jerry Perrins, he's longtime security guy, he used to tell me that. Sneak yeah, him bags of bag burgers. Of bags of burgers. I could go for some. That sounds good, actually. Uh, he's a still a big man, big mm. tall dude. Andy Reid. Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones. So the, there was the one play where they did run a screen. They, you know, they faked the handoff to Aaron Jones. He goes up the middle. He turns around, and it looked like he was going to be wide open and maybe pick up a nice 15, 20-yard chunk play. And some defensive tackle wraps his arms and brings him down, and LaFleur rips off his helmet, or his headset, and he's you know, doing F-bombs in the camera on Fox, yelling at the rest, like, why is that not pass interference? And Aaron Jones talked about that play. Oh, yeah. It definitely showed it would have been open. He just grabbed me and tackled me. I never knew this. I guess this is a new rule because I got up and asked the ref, and he said, uh, anytime you fake a handoff, that they can tackle you. And, I mean, I'm like, okay, what if it's a fly sweep? You're not going to tackle a fly sweep guy who doesn't get the ball. So um, I didn't agree with that, but, hey, it wasn't called. I mean, they threw the flag and then picked it up. So, I mean, I never get any calls, nothing new. So <laughs> I got face mask today and didn't get a call, so. I'm used to it. Just continue to play ball. There it is. The refs, they must not like him. You know, there was a lot of times yeah. Rowdy was talking about Travis Kelsey not getting called for a bunch of illegal motion and whatnot. Whatever. So, you know, I mean, Jordan Love did not have a Brett Favre against the Bengals 30 years ago debut. But you look at the numbers in this thing, and he's like 19 of 34, the one touchdown, the one pick. Patrick Mahomes, you know, face of the franchise, you know, face of the NFL, 20 of 37. 166 yards, uh, you know, they, they basically had the, the exact same stats. The Chiefs only ended up with 237 yards of total offense. Uh, and, and, and look at all the guys that the Packers are still missing and Kenny Clark taken off the field uh, with a back injury. That is pretty amazing. And Patrick Mahomes talked about beating Green Bay by just, you know, with just 13 points and only 237 total offense. Yeah, I mean, it was a battle all day long. Uh, I mean, we, we felt like we had good plays and that we were, 
moving the ball, then we'd stall out. And it kind of, it kind of all day it felt like that. And then at the end of the day, uh, when we had a chance to, to go down there and really win it, um, after the defense had played a great game, um, guys stepped up and made plays. And I kind of let that out of like that frustration. We made, we made it happen. And I mean, I'd rather be walking away with the win than a lot of yards. So I'm glad we got the win. I just still, as much as a dynamic player as he is, Mike, I still can't get over his voice. I know. <laughs> just, I, I was in Kermit I, the Frog or something. It, it, exactly. It, it, you know, Hell of a player, uh, though. Loved, loved his work in the Muppets. <laughs> so, yeah, Green, Green Bay you know, had a total of 301 offensive yards. Uh, and then the injuries. Um, you know, Kevin King came back, and he had to play because uh, b- before the game, Eric Stokes is taken off the field, and the, and, and the word is he was injured in the pregame. So I asked Matt LaFleur after the game what happened there. Yeah, so um, it was just a freak thing in pregame. He went up for a ball and kind of landed wrong, and we'll get further evaluation on, on it. But, um, you know, I, I'm we're hopeful. I don't think it's going to be something long-term. But, again, I haven't sat with Flea too much about it. I just, he came to me and said he was out. And, you know, you got to give our guys credit because uh, we kind of had Dean Lowry on a, a little bit of a pitch count tonight. Um, just he was battling through some stuff. And, um, you know, then to lose Kenny. And I, I just thought, like, that speaks volumes of those guys that are out there playing. We're playing with some young guys, um, and they just battle. And I thought for them to go out there and perform the way they did versus one of the best offenses in the National Football League. Um, to hold Tyreek Hill to four catches for 37 yards, I thought that was a pretty darn good performance. Mike, that 237 yards of total offense was the least amount of yards the Chiefs have ever gained with the start of Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's you know, and they're at home. Yeah. They're at home. Beautiful uh, uh, weather conditions, a little on the windy side, but like 72 degrees at the kick. Huge crowd, and that tailgate is nuts at Arrowhead. They've just got miles and miles of parking lot, and, and people get there five, six hours before. It's pretty impressive. Barbecue smell for 10 miles away. Is it more impressive but, than a Packers tailgate? Uh, you know, it is. They, they just, they've, got, they've got more equipment. There's just trucks and tents, and, you know, it's, huh. it's, it's, it's over the top. It's over the top. Uh, so... You know, at the end of the day, you know, the writers are saying, no, this is an important game to remember because, you know, you'll have a whole off season and you don't know or will you want Aaron Rodgers back, et cetera. And, you know, or did this game actually kind of expose Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hack a little bit? Now, they found out at 830 Wednesday morning that they weren't going to have Rodgers. But, you know, did they, you know, did they fail in terms of coming up with a, a good game plan? And Aaron Johnson was asked by one of the writers, you know, from what you've seen, from what you know in practice and in the locker room, you know, is Jordan Love ready to be the quarterback in 2022? I don't know what the future holds or anything. I'm I'm not the GM. I'm not. I don't have a crystal ball. So I just focus on uh, what we're doing right now and uh, what's going on right now. So uh, I know we got to hop on a plane and get ready uh, for Seattle next week. I can't think be thinking about next year. Aaron, speaking of getting ready for Seattle, it's possible Aaron comes back Saturday, starts for you guys, but Jordan takes all the reps in practice. How do you kind of approach this week of practice from your perspective? Uh, approach it the same way. I approach it every week. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the NFL. You have some guys who are injured, um, coming off of injuries or trying to see if they can play, and they, 
they might not practice or get out there till Saturday. And so you see it happen across the league. So, um, like I said, we're just going to continue to prepare the way we prepare all the time. We're on to the Seahawks, Mike. On to the Seahawks. We're, we're on the Seahawks. Now, Rodgers can't come back until Saturday, but LaFleur definitively said that if he does get back here in Rodgers on Saturday, he's the starting quarterback against the Seahawks. Forget about the, yeah. the week of practice. If you're, on with, uh, if you're on with Grant Bills today or this week, Grant has got his undies in a bunch about Rodgers missing some time, so make sure you uh, relay the message that uh, Rodgers pre- will be the starter if he's ready. I will, I will be prepared. <laughs> uh, so Kenny Clark walks off with you know a, a back injury. They don't put him back in. And you know my sense was in some things about this game, it's kind of like it's non-conference. We're on the road. We're so we're seven and two. You know we've got the NFC North. Let's not get crazy here. But the Eric Stokes thing, Lafleur said, uh, yeah, as you just heard there, I, you know I don't think it's you know season ending, but you know we'll find out more because yeah. that's a key thing. You got to get that rookie cornerback uh, back on the defense. Mike, we love you, man, and way to uh, way to make it all work. You are the master of the two minute offense, Mike. We love you. Thank you, Ebo. I appreciate it, man. See you, Mike. Good stuff there. There he is, all the way from Kansas City, our guy Mike Clemens. And then all of a sudden, Mertz looked pretty damn good. No, yeah. that was the best game he's played all year. 11 to 16, 240 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, seven different players scored for the Wisconsin Badgers. Braylon Allen, 15 carries, 129 yards, one touchdown. Ches Malusi, we hope he's okay. 15 carries, 75 yards, one touchdown. Jackson, what was it? Was it Acre? Acre? Yeah. Three carries, 24 yards, one touchdown. And then you got to go look at uh, Danny Davis. He's got a tutty, one catch for 72 yards. Kendrick Pryor, four catches, 72 yards, one touchdown. And then uh, John Chanel, one catch, one yard, one touchdown. Hell yeah. And I love at the end uh, the statement from Grover Bortolatti. Okay. Grover Bortolatti. Get in the gabagool. What would you guys think of that game against Rutgers? Just an ass pounding? Yeah. Like, to be expected, though, wasn't it? You got a little it? worried in the first quarter when it was 7-3. to three. But thankfully, they played three more. Yeah. And, like, it was like, ah, man, this might end up being a dogfight. It, it's not like I was worried about a loss, but it seemed like it was going to be one of those, you go on the road, Rutgers has something to prove, it's going to be closer than you think. And then the second quarter happened, and you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 the Team showed up. Okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah, put up 24 points in the second, 21 in the third. Well, that turnover tide that we were talking about with Iowa, yeah, it continues to turn in the Badgers' favor. Down to minus two. I mean, what were they at? Minus, they were, were minus they plus 12. Minus 12. And that's with one of Damn. the best defenses in the country. That just shows how bad your offense was at taking care of the football. Yeah. And now I'm going to go out on a real limb here and say by the end of the regular season, They'll probably be positive. Yep, I, I, especially I, I'll go on that limit. Especially with, with the upcoming games being Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota, I'm going to say they probably finish positive. But man, does it feel good when all of a sudden you start seeing the defense turn over the other team? Oof, does it feel good? It's, instead of the Badgers turning it over, yeah, and in key situations. But I mean, you look at it. Wisconsin was just so much more physical everywhere than Rutgers. <laughs> The defense absolutely shut Rutgers down. I mean, they really didn't do a whole lot of anything until the very end of the game right. in garbage time. Yep. Was um, that one of the most boring football games you've ever watched? Like, eh, not, not, boring, boring. not boring. Not boring like, like, I was kind of like it's just the Badgers imposing their will. It's kind of like RJ in that first quarter. It was like Wisconsin was just so much f- frustrating. Just so 
much physically superior that they were dominating the game without dominating the game on the scoreboard. Because it's like, geez, another turnover here. Oh, another um, missed opportunity here. And it was... All of a sudden, it was just seven to three, and you had to yeah. tweet it out, Rowdy. You had to tweet it out, and and you're sitting there going, <laughs> "Grammar stinks." They had so many opportunities to be up, like I don't know, it could have been like seventeen to three in yeah. the first quarter, and it was seven to three, and Rutgers was just kind of hanging around. Then all of a sudden, defense really started forcing turnovers. Graham Mertz, like I said, best game he's played all year. Started hitting receivers, starting making confident throws. You inspired them, Rowdy. They just they just rolled Rutgers. You yeah. inspired Graham Mertz. This is why we bet on Wisconsin. I watched Rutgers. There was no way in hell that Wisconsin was not going to cover 12 and a half. Yeah. And we did, in our joking, Noah Vedrill doesn't finish the game. Didn't that also cashed. Did not finish. Yeah. <laughs> Rowdy could not find someone to take that line for him, though, that action. Uh, RJ, on the broadcast, they did talk about something that you're already on as well. The grit factory not allowed on the yep. sidelines. The broadcast yeah. like can't do it. No barstool team with them. No, and, no. And you know what? They they did bring it up and said it's a Wisconsin rule, but then they did correct themselves. It's a Big Ten rule. Yep. Um, the grit factory. So I mean, the the defense being as good as it is, and Colin Wilder being you know a focal point and a vocal leader of the defense helps out that so he doesn't have to talk about it anymore i think i saw somebody put out that in the first four hours that the it was available for sale they sold over a hundred hats yeah i'm sure they just annihilated graham mertz's gear that he sold all time i mean to one I'm, day for I'm the gonna go factory. ahead and say that is all yeah i i'd like to see what because i saw breaking tees also has uh they don't have the hat but they have T-shirts with the hat on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd like to look at see what uh, Breaking Tees has there as well. And I can't wait for this weekend because I want to see in the stadium how much more Grit Factory gear there is than Graham Mertz than gear. Graham Mertz gear. Hey, Mertz had his best game and inspired by Rowdy in his tweet. Mertz saw it. Mertz said, you know what? I'm going to prove that guy wrong. Yeah. Maybe someone bought a couple Graham Mertz shirts after the game. Doubt it. I doubt it, too. Uh, what I don't doubt, though, is the supremacy, flexing the muscle of the Badger of the Scarlet Knights. And, boys, I know, RJ, play along. I guess you can or you can't. Oh, it man. depends. Okay. I want to give a little round of applause for Brett Bielema. <laughs> Rowdy? I'd oh, ask me to applause Brett Bielema. I'm probably the biggest Brett Bielema fan in this room. Well, you weren't, you weren't applauding. You were applauding. That's why I said Rowdy. He, he knows how to beat Minnesota. He beat Minnesota. Man, man Minnesota looked bad. Uh, and you know what? They look um, bad. Now the Badgers are in the share for first place. You you look at it, and it's what Nelly and I have been talking about since you know Get their burnt. top two running backs went down, Get and then burnt. their third string running back went down. But you make Tanner Morgan beat you, and it's not going to happen because right now he doesn't have NFL caliber wide receivers, no, or an NFL caliber tight end to set off that running game. And Bielema, I mean. They, hey. That defensive scheme, they blitzed almost every play, and it really disrupted Minnesota, and then they had to pass, and they still couldn't do it. I like how Polly's Polly's already triggered today because Jordan Love looked better than Justin Fields, and Polly says, now, are you really boasting about beating Rutgers? Yeah, you beat uh, them 52-3. to Yeah, they hammered them. Well, I mean, it's Rutgers, you expected it. If it, it was it. a close game, I'd be a little more been like, yeah, we beat Rutgers, let's just move on. But you, Paul is just mad that he saw Jordan Love look much better than Justin Fields. That's you put up 300 yards rushing. You, look, 
A guy you named a guy passing. named Grover Bortoletti. Bortoletti I can't even remember Bortolotti. his name. A guy named Grover Bortolotti was rushing, running the ball at the end of the game. See, Minnesota's such, Minnesota's such a weird case study because they played extremely tough yep. against Ohio State, and that was with their star running back going down to yep. an Achilles. Probably would have won that game had he not. You somehow lose to Bowling Green. <laughs> like... I, that that's like unexcusable. <laughs> that's that's smelly. Yeah, that's stinky. That's not good. That's you lose stinky. to Illinois. That makes. Hey, they beat Penn State. <laughs> yeah, they did. In like the worst they, overtime game I've ever they seen. They have as many top five or top twenty-five wins as Wisconsin does this year. But it's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> you. You look at Minnesota, and it's just like one week they look good. Yeah. And the next week they lose to Bowling Green in Illinois. Well, that boat is sunk. And you know, PJ Flex already called his jeweler up and said, "Hey, make sure you get those Big Ten West co-champion well, rings ready." And this happens the week they sign that seven-year extension to 2028 that has the tie for the Big Ten West clause in it for a hundred thousand dollars. I, I, I want to get to that. I wanted to save that closer to uh, to Axe Week, but RJ, say it one more time. PJ Flex signed his new contract seven for seven year years. Ex- extension through 2028. And one of the top things is win and or tie for the Big Ten West cha- Big Ten West. And it's a hundred thousand dollars. Hilarious. That was the other one I couldn't think of. It was Purdue. They beat Purdue. Oh yeah. They At did. Purdue. Oh yeah. But Purdue, Purdue just beat Michigan State. Purdue can only beat top five teams. Yeah, apparently. Purdue only puts down. Uh and then was it uh, Nebraska almost they were in it with Ohio State. Yep. Uh, Ohio State ended up winning 24-17. Yep, 26-17. Yep, sorry. Yep. Rowdy, tell everyone the tweet you had on Saturday and and why you well, tweeted it out in round well, the time. Well, first off, on Saturday, the Wisconsin Badgers absolutely crushed Rutgers 52-3. to Yeah, they murdered them. And pretty much after... It was like the mob out in New Jersey. Pretty much after the first quarter, they just completely destroyed Rutgers in all facets of the game. They murdered him. Pretty much that's about it. But in that first quarter... When you're sitting there watching this Badgers offense run the football fairly well, and then all of a sudden when they go back to pass and Graham Mertz is just staring down one receiver, particularly Ferguson, and making some very questionable throws and decisions, sent out a little tweet, and that went by a, a tweet that said, Graham Mertz is terrible. And Rowdy, when you tweeted that out, and that by was, God, he looked terrible. And that was right after he had the little swing pass, check down swing pass for an easy first down. And first he looked at Ferguson, then went back to the swing pass, and then threw it way behind his receiver and couldn't complete like literally less than a five-yard throw. Yeah. At the time, I was like, yikes. But then Graham Mertz, we've come to find out, must have his Twitter notifications turned on when Nelson tweets because Mertz, once Rowdy tweeted that out, Started to ball the F out. Can I tell you what his stat line is after he tweeted Real that? Real quick. Good morning, young Ben Kenny. Good morning. How are we doing today? It's a Monday. You and what do you mean? It's I, I'm not a fan of Mondays, but I'm Ben, doing well. every day is a gift. It's true. Every day you ain't pushing daisies is a good day. Ben, you had messaged us in the little DM group. We got to talk about Rowdy's tweet, and I'm quote going to be insufferable. Now the stage is yours. Graham Mertz, after Rowdy sent that tweet out, Ebo and Rowdy, he went 11 of 13, 225 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in two quarters. Yep, and that's why then I followed that back up with his best game of the season. It was his best game of the season. For sure. 
I don't think I'm going to go as far to say it was the best of his career because the Illinois game and this game are hard to compare because Illinois didn't defend anybody. A lot of the throws Mertz made last year in that game where Ferguson didn't have anyone near him, Danny Davis didn't have anyone near him, they didn't have any pass rush, but this game was the first time we have actually seen him make big-time throws, and he made it all game. He finished the game 15 yards per completion or 15, yeah, 15 yards per completion, which is unheard of for what his game has been. His ball placement was unbelievable. And as finally, when he gets protection and the wide receivers win matchups, he, he, he was slinging. And that was the first time we've seen a Wisconsin quarterback do that since Jack Cohn. Yeah, uh, the run game, you know, we had Braylon Allen for the fifth time in a row with 100-plus yards rushing. Braylon Allen is a monster, 17 years old, right? But to see Wisconsin's offense, the passing game, that was a thing of beauty after the first quarter. It's like it's this team is just getting better. But how bad is Rutgers? Rutgers is definitely not good. You do have to keep in mind they went on the road at Michigan and kept that game within a touchdown, had a chance to tie and and win the game late. It it's not a good Rutgers defense at all. It was a bad Rutgers pass defense. Part of that is cuz they they like to dial up pressure which leaves their corners and safeties on islands, which we saw Wisconsin take advantage of and yeah. especially Chimera DK Kendrick Pryor but I it doesn't matter who it is when you have a quarterback that struggled like this it, it this team is just getting better the protection and run blocking gets better by the week Braylon Allen we know he was a little banged up but he looked good again and finally like Mertz by the week is showing signs of not only just giving one flash play but stacking those flash plays on top of each other and I think if you look at if you go back and watch the first quarter Wisconsin was physically running the football and doing what they wanted. It was just Graham Mertz was locked on one receiver, did not make good decisions with the football, but you could tell he made one bad throw. You could tell that that defense, that defense was not going to give very much to Rutgers all day. And if Wisconsin cleaned it up, continued to run the football and Graham Mertz raised his level of play, that was going to turn into a blowout, and that's exactly what happened. But to your point with Graham Mertz making plays, I think you also have to shout out the Kendrick Priors, the Chimray DKs, who went up and made some nice catches totally. on 50-50 balls too. That is true, but the ball placement, a lot of Mertz's throws, especially over the middle, were fit into a pocket that well, it, you couldn't hand the ball off any It better. looks good, and it looks like something we thought we. this is what we would see. Well, it's and we're finally if, seeing it. If throughout the season he would make a mistake and then compound that mistake with more mistakes, and then the offense would suffer. The most, the thing I'm most impressed about, he made that awful throw that got intercepted where he had Chimera DK open. But after that, he bounced back and played his best ball in two years. Yeah, that, that's a mentality that I like. He's talked a lot about, but it's the first time we've seen that happen. And this is if yep. this Graham Mertz showed up all season. This team at at the most has one loss. Agreed. And uh, yeah. and you're still I would argue undefeated. You're you're yeah. still talking okay that Michigan game very well could have turned out different. That's the only one maybe you could pencil in as a loss. You're still talking college football playoff. You're still talking Big Ten championship. So do we still have hope this hope spring eternal now with Graham Mertz moving forward? I mean the Badgers won five in a row. Illinois uh, to quote Brett Bielema is borderline erotic beating the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They now have a share of first place in the Big Ten. If you look at how they're playing, I think there's no reason why they shouldn't finish the regular season undefeated. I still have question marks versus uh, the Big Ten championship game, especially if they draw the Ohio States or a rematch with Michigan. Now, who is the hardest on the schedule, Nebraska? Nebraska by far. 
Good. Nebraska took Ohio State and pushed it to the limit. They've just been a good football team all year. I, I haven't been sold on Minnesota, especially when all their good players have gone down. Yeah, they stink. And, and Illinois showed. Tanner Morgan like, stinks. Wisconsin is just Illinois, but really good at everything Illinois is trying to be good at. Yeah. Like, that's a Brett Bielema team. Bielema's right? always going to beat Minnesota. I have one more note about Graham Mertz. On play action yesterday, 5 of 7, 141 yards, two touchdowns. Can we say another thing with Graham Mertz first, too? They need to keep him in the pocket. I swear when he rolls out, he's less accurate. Oh, that's like, always been the case, and I've always been perplexed by why they always do it. And, and they did it so much early. Yeah. So much early. Well, they did it because the offensive line couldn't block anybody, so they needed to manufacture space. But I'm with you. I'm I, with you. If this offensive line plays like it does, the running game, hopefully Ches Malusi's okay. So moral of the story might have been a little premature with the tweet, but that's how I was feeling in the first quarter. And um, also, you know the green dot on the helmet where they have communications? Yes. That also is hooked up to Twitter feeds. Ah. So it was it was right only yours. His, yeah, yeah, only yours. mine. Rowdy inspired Mertz. So Just Mertz, he compared Mertz to Demetric Trice. Mertz, you're welcome. <laughs> I did. You're I welcome, said he's going to be a 25-year-old seventh-year senior here.